First question, tell me one thing you do to have the best year ever. So great question. Um, there's a lot I could go into, but um, for me, it starts, the one thing starts with is health. And um, I try to every day take a little bit of time for myself, for my own personal health, whether it's physical or mental. And I know if I do that every day uh, or six out of seven days, then it's going to be the best year, week, month, day ever. And I echo that. I completely agree. I do the exact same thing. So welcome to Best Year Ever, a podcast designed to inspire growth and impact so you can have the best year ever. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, and joining me today is Matt Havens, speaker, leadership, and growth expert. Matt, really excited to jam with you today. Rob, I am too. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Uh, we got the Miami connection, so uh, I'm excited to talk to, uh, talk to you today and, and, and to your audience. Yes. And what we're going to jam about today is we're going to cover growth and leadership. And ultimately that's going to get to impact. And we're going to do so in a fun way uh, because what we want to do is help some people based on the way that we've lived our lives and built our businesses and the way that we see the world so that we can help others do the same. And you said something before the show started that became my new thing that I wanted to start with you about. You said, it's a crazy thing, this life that you've created that you're making a living from. And you're someone who is a speaker and a, and a thought leadership expert around leadership and growth. So can you share a little bit more about that? Because I think it's something that so many people may dream about or think about, man, I would love to just get paid to speak and share my knowledge one day. And they might have some things that are stopping them from that. But can you share a little bit more about how that's manifested for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a 13-year corporate career uh, before I kind of got into the speaking uh, world and idea. And, and you're right, it was, I, I really enjoyed that life. I enjoyed doing that for work. Um, but it, it, it was... It, I wouldn't say I was totally fulfilled in doing that. What I really liked doing was that with the teams that I led, getting to help them grow, getting to help see them succeed, uh, have fun while we're doing it. But um, I always knew that like, I always knew that like I could keep moving up the corporate ladder and that would be great from a financial perspective, but was I really gonna enjoy it? And so with, uh, with this opportunity for kind of stepping into the speaking world, um, my, my story was I started uh, speaking without any sort of a demo video, without ever being in front of a large audience before, um, and had the opportunity to go out for the first time and speak to about two or 300 people. And then from that, you know, they thought I did a good job, got referred to another person, went and spoke to them, so on and so forth. And I started building that business while I was still uh, having my corporate career. And uh, about three years into that, just kind of realized, all right, you know, if you're going to do what's going to make you happy and what you're going to enjoy doing, and then you got to go all the way in. So um, I left that corporate career behind, started this uh, sort of speaking, consulting, and, and workshop business, and it's been a been a fun ride for the last uh, two years full time. But uh, but yeah, about five or six years now uh, since I first kind of started in it. So I want to go back to that very first speaking engagement to the 200 or 300 people. 
And I can relate to it because I remember the first time that I was an MC of a conference. It was a marketing conference. There was 100 or 200 people there. And while I was confident in myself and my abilities and in the way I can transfer energy and get people going and, and really get things uh, excited, you're also sitting there being like, I've never done this before. And while yeah. I think I can do it, and I believe it's something that is a big barrier for a lot of people that when you've never done something before, oftentimes fear stops you from making it happen. So let's get to what it was like for you in that instance. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely fearful. I mean, sweaty palms, you know, like I over-prepared uh, to make sure that I was like ready to go. Um, but as soon as, you know, as soon as I step on stage, it's just like, for me, because I had the corporate career, I was getting in front of audiences and groups every day. I just never thought of it that way. But I was speaking to teams of 80 people. I was trying to share a message that we had that we needed to you know, change an initiative and do something differently. So I was doing it every day. It was just in a different setting. And so once I kind of like flipped that switch in my head of, hey, this is no different than what you, what you normally do. This is no different than going out in your community and talking to the other parents at a, at a soccer event or whatever it is. Um, that, that certainly helped, but no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Like that day, as soon as I got off stage, I had to drive back to the airport and you could just feel all the adrenaline and energy just like whoosh out of your body because, uh, you know, you, you were so amped up and ready to go that then you have like sort of the, the fall <laughs> that comes after that. Luckily it didn't happen until I was like alone and uh, on my way home. <laughs> And I know from my own experience, it's a feeling that doesn't go away. The performance anxiety of going on stage and really the way that I think about it in terms of the more often you do it, the more comfortable you get walking towards the fear or the monster that you have of the getting on stage. Because even though uh, I've done hundreds of podcasts and videos and speaking on stage and been an MC, like it still is an element of, we're prepared, we know we're gonna crush it, but it, it's still not a comfortable situation. And that's a good thing, but you want to you want to prime yourself to walk towards that because I think that is the biggest gift that you can give yourself is the more often you work, you walk towards the fire, oh, yeah. the bigger the things are that you're going to do. So you're going to generate more growth. You're going to get more thought leadership by continually doing larger stages. And ultimately you will create more impact when you're someone who is willing to do things that a lot of other people won't. Absolutely, Rob. And I, I always tell event organizers that I work with is, hey, five minutes before I go on stage, you're going to see me disappear. And don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I promise I will, I will hit the stage. But I take that five minutes to like get everything ready. I got to get my energy high because uh, I'm a very like high energy, uh, comedic sort of performer, if you will. So I, I spend that five minutes kind of amping up. Uh, and then when I hit stage, then, you know, it, then it falls into the, the habit that obviously I've had now for, for six years of, of just being comfortable up there. But um, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know that about yourself. You gotta be comfortable in uh, looking a little goofy in a hallway, you know, talking to yourself and hopping up and down, you know? And I agree with that. And I really think for me, it becomes the mindset of, uh, I like the term earned confidence. When you do speaking gigs, the more often you do it, the more you earn your confidence. I don't care if it's just corporate for the people that are in your company or a person of one all the way up to thousands of people. The more you do it, the more that you earn your confidence. And I get tunnel vision where I am only 
thinking about the things that I'm going to do. So I say my declarations and uh, build the belief of who I am and what I know I'm there to do. And I've heard some things recently that have really um, opened my eyes to once uh, in-person speaking events uh, start to happen again, that so often when we get this anxiety, we're thinking about ourselves. But if we really want to be great as speakers, don't think about ourselves, think about what we can do to deliver for the audience. So we should be willing to be nervous. That's actually an ego thing. Oh, I'm worried oh, about yeah. myself. But what if all of a sudden we just said, you know what? I'm willing to do this because I have something inside of me that's going to help someone else out. And it is my duty to walk through that fear and deliver the best thing that I can for someone else, because that's actually the real thing is don't worry about even if I feel nervous, even if I mess up, that's actually not what it's about. It's really about your ability to deliver something for someone else. Rob, Rob, you're, you're, you're right on point there. And, and I think we get caught up in, so much about like, yeah, what does it mean for us? And how are we feel? Or what do we look like? And so like, I always, I always try to encourage people if it's a, if it's a speaking goal, right, you have a goal to go speak, then certainly just find every opportunity you can to practice and, and get out there. But what you just said kind of made me think about another thing, because my wife will sometimes um, give me a little bit of grief, maybe she will, you know, casually kind of blow me off, because I am one that if I can get a laugh from somebody, I don't care what it means to me. I don't care if I have to look a little ridiculous. Um, I don't, last, this past weekend, our girls were trying to sell Girl Scout cookies out in front of a, a business here. And we, they thought like, dad, if you get out here and dance, maybe that will make people laugh and they'll come and buy cookies. So we got out there and we were dancing, looking ridiculous. And, you know, cars are like, why is this 37 year old person out here dancing like, like an idiot? But sure enough, they stopped their car and they bought some cookies and, so I don't care because I'm doing it for somebody else. I'm doing it for you to hopefully get you a laugh. Um, and, and, and the same goes like with speaking. If I'm getting ready for an event and I want to like rehearse my notes, I'll go walking uh, around the block with my, my ear pods in. So I, maybe it looks like I'm on a conference call. Um, but really, I'm just talking to myself and I'm getting animated. And if people are driving by, they're like, what is this dude doing? Like, who, who is this guy? But I don't care because it's not about me. It doesn't matter what I look like. It's about bringing value. And so I'm going to prepare and I'm going to do what I need. And at the end of the day, nobody's worried. At the end of the day, they're not even worried about me. They're worried about themselves. So what can I do to add something to their life to bring value to them? Or in the most random cases, just make them laugh and have a better, have a better day. So that's what we're going to talk about now is how we can use humor as thought leadership to deliver value, to be memorable, to stand out. And I remember at this first uh, MC event that I did, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a one song dance party. And I actually created a game for myself. I was like, can I get this entire room to dance? I was so nervous, so nervous. I've never done this before in my life. I've had plenty of one song dance parties. I'll do that myself all the time. I'll do it in small groups, but if there's like one or 200 people in the room, you're really putting yourself out there. And mm -hmm. in the way that I framed it, I was like, all right, guys, in the history of the world, an entire room of people has never been able to not dance to this song. 
So what we're going to do is once I play this song, we are all going to dance. And what it ended up being was one of the songs. I want to say it was the Gloria Estevan. We do it hot, hot, hot. As you can tell, I'm a great singer. And I just brought this energy and I went first. And I've got a background in improv from Second City, which is where we're going to be talking about this humor side of things. And immediately half the room started dancing. But then there's the awkwardness of like everyone else who's not. And you know what I did to really sell my belief? I Facebook lived this. So never have done it before. I grabbed my phone and I'm like, let's go. And it's like, ole, ole. And I just started going around. And the reason I wanted to do this was one, to get the energy going, because I believe it was probably um, after lunch, that transition. And then number two, I wanted to create something that was memorable. So often when you think about thought leadership and speaking, people can go on and they can share stuff, but we're not short on valuable information. We are short on people who can make a tremendous impact by the way that they transfer that information, where they create a memorable moment where you're like, holy smokes, did you see Matt Havens? That guy was absolutely incredible. For me, I was like, I'm willing to put myself on the line and do this one song dance party. And the thing that I enjoyed the most, it wasn't actually the few people who didn't do it. It was the one or two people who stood on their chairs and went bananas. They got really into was, it. Yeah. 100% because that's what you're really looking for is I'll lead first and then who else is going to go there. And then boom. All right, guys. Thanks. Super excited. Now that we're back from lunch up next is Matt Havens. He's an expert at leadership and growth. You're going to love what he is doing. Matt onto you. Boom. And that's what I did. Yeah. No. So, so I love that because it, the, I, I believe that everybody likes to laugh. You don't have to be like, I personally, the reason why it's so important to me is I'm a, I'm a fan of comedy. Uh, I, my father was a stand-up comedian. Uh, my oldest brother was a stand-up comedian for a period of time. You know, you have a second city background, so you understand sort of that sort of lens and view. But so I, I, I'm just a fan of comedy, but I believe everybody is a fan of laughing. Everybody, and it's, and it's not just about the laugh or the moment, but it's about how it makes you feel. And so I've always tried to approach whether it is like something as stodgy as a corporate environment or now a, a speaking world. If I can make people laugh, if I can get you to, to lighten up a little bit, and the first thing it does is it brings your guard down. And then the information that we're going to talk about or share is more easily receptive. Like you can, you can take it in easier and you can apply it than if I start with something too stodgy. So that's actually my favorite thing to do is to like start something off really kind of I don't want to say boring and bland, but like you don't know what you're going to get yet. And then as you start dropping little bits, you just see people's face change and they're like, oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, okay. I'm excited for this now. And then you build them up and just continue to hit them with laughter. But um, that's just it. I just think people love to laugh and sometimes we just need to help them find a way to do it. So let's be specific about this. So what I did and what I hear you doing is we intentionally designed this into what we are doing and who we are being. So as an action item on when you're doing speaking gigs, you wanna be a thought leader. Design some humor into what you're doing. And that could be as simple as just saying, as you're putting down your script or your bullet points, you're like, all right, well, what is the piece of humor? Certainly there's gonna be some people who are naturally charismatic and energetic and you're gonna laugh and make things happen, but that's not everyone. So let's be intentional about creating that moment. Is that how you sort of see it or would recommend someone who wants to inject some humor in things? So absolutely. I would also, in, in addition to that, which right on point with what you're saying, you just also have to be authentic. 
So you have to authentically be who you are. So for me, I am very, I'm like the dry, sarcastic sort of humor. And so what I do uh, is I'll, I'll, I'll still have that sort of like dry, sarcastic humor that's going to hit some people in the audience. But I also use a lot of visual slides in my presentation. And the slides are intended to, to hit a different layer of comedic effect. So none of my slides have bullet points. They don't have like a quote that you need to, to take home. They're images that are funny and go along with kind of what I'm saying at the comedic point that you might want it to hit. So in that, in that regard, I'm hitting the people who like the sarcastic humor. Um, I'm hitting the people who want something to look at. I'm, I'm hitting people that want to do both. And it, it's worked for me, but you know, I think for anybody else who is trying to put humor into uh, what they talk about or just their work life, they have to do something that's authentic to them. So, you know, find who, who that is, what makes you laugh. And I'm willing to bet that there are enough people that are going to like that sort of style. Um, and also maybe got to be comfortable that not everybody's going to love your humor and that's fine too. And related to this, I was thinking about one thing that immediately allowed me to create energy in the way that I am as a speaker is I've always wanted to come out of the tunnel like I was Michael Jordan in the Chicago Bulls. It's like, and now from North Carolina, like I've always dreamed of that. And I've worked from home for the last 16 years. So I've been in a non-corporate environment and setting. So I was always like, anytime I do a speaking gig and I don't care if I'm just a panelist or whatever, I want to be introduced. I want to make sure that I pick my intro music because it is a simple thing that you can design that I think a lot of conferences or events don't actually do anything about it. And you just go to the next thing and, and I want to be memorable and stand out. So I'll even bring uh, like a, a uh, speaker with me in the event that they don't have music all lined up and coordinated and stuff. I'll do that because all of a sudden I can start dancing there and immediately you change the way that people perceive you because you're not like everybody else. So when thinking about humor and energy, we're really saying, how can you not be like everybody else? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll share a quick story kind of related to that. You're talking about like, you know, getting introduced to stage. So I used to have kind of the formal introduction. Uh, it was boring. It talked about my accomplishments. It talked about what I was going to bring to the table that day. Um, and then it wasn't even my idea, but uh, before an event one time, like literally two minutes before I'm about to get introduced, uh, the guy who's introducing me was sitting at the table and he said, hey, do you mind if I make up your introduction? And I was like, yeah, of course, because that's, again, authentically who I am. Of course, roll with it. Let's do it. And he went up there and he told all these fake accomplishments that I had I had, had in my life. And it was like I had won the Heisman Trophy. Um, <laughs> I climbed Mount Everest. Um, so all these things, and it was great because the audience didn't know what to expect then at that point, which for me, I kind of loved. And I had people already kind of sitting on the edge of their seat, like, what is this guy going to be about? And so I've since adopted that sort of philosophy and style. And like I said, since I'm pretty sarcastic and, and deadpan, it goes perfectly with who I am. So now when I get introduced, while I also want to do like the run out like MJ, um, now it's just this list of all these accomplishments that I did not create, that I did not do. And then I get to have fun afterwards when people are like, so tell me about that time that you crossed, uh, that you did the Iditarod. Like, what was that like? And I was like, oh man, you didn't quite recognize that that was a joke. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That is so much fun. I have not heard that before. Kudos to you for that because 
you are, it's once again, you're hearing me say energy a lot. And if, if you want to be a speaker and a thought leader, there's going to be a transfer of energy so you can transfer the value of what it is because now you're going to have people engaged. And for you, boom, you're getting them engaged right out of the gate. So as we wrap this up, I want to talk about the impact that this has had on your life because um, when you combine growth and you combine thought leadership, ultimately you're going to have impact. And I really see impact in three different ways. One, impact on yourself. Two, impact on those close to you. So whether it's your, your family, the company that you're working with, or number three, impact in the world around you. How has leaning in to being a speaker created impact for you and frame this as a way of someone is listening to this being like, hey, you know what? I'm sort of interested in this. Talk about the impact that this has. Yeah, no. So what, I, what I'd say is, so first, when you talk about impact, right? There, there's obviously the personal impacts. It's the impact of doing something that you have wanted to do for so long, but you just didn't feel like you could make that jump. So for me, um, I, I love I love the corporate career I had. It's it certainly a ton of lessons, a lot of friends made, but jumping into the speaking career has been so impactful for me because I'm now really doing something that I truly love. And I every day wake up excited to do it. Um, so I think that's powerful for anybody that's that's listening is whatever your dreams are, there's never a better time to go chase them than right now. Um, and if you got to put in some work for a couple of years until you can do that more comfortably, then do that, but start now. Um, and then, but the second thing that I would say is the impact it's had for me is um, from like the audience perspective. And because oftentimes I'm doing like a very kind of like high energy, humorous message, I also do couple it with actual like real life advice and, and, and thought leadership. Um, and sometimes, you know, you feel like, well, maybe people just really enjoyed that one, but they didn't take much out of it. Um, and there's been multiple times that somebody has come up to me afterwards and said, like, hey, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. But you changed the way that I'm going to approach this relationship. Um, I've actually just recently, there was a, somebody that, um, and I don't want to get too deep here, uh, but there was somebody who was struggling with um, some suicide, uh, some teenage suicide in their community. This was about a year and a half ago. And she came up afterwards and said, you know, your talk really like hit in on maybe what we're experiencing and why this is happening. And so we've stayed in contact for a year and a half. Uh, just we just reached out again to say like, how are you guys doing? Um, and by no means would I have ever imagined that talking about generational differences or leadership with a comedic take would ever lead to that sort of conversation and impact. Um, but it did. And so that, again, just continues to, to encourage me and push me to, to want to get this message out. And so for anybody listening, like, I, I just think that you may not recognize the impacts you're going to have on somebody else. Uh, until until you go out and you do what you love and if you do that uh, you'll be surprised at what you might find and that that's amazing that you have that story because i love hearing things like that because it is true so often it's like don't hear anything don't hear anything don't hear anything and then one person reaches out to you and is like this really had a positive impact on my life and you're like oh my god this is so worth it and i remember uh when i was uh, emceeing a marketing conference in new york and there was a Q&A at the end and a woman uh, had a question around podcasting. And she's like, why would anyone want to listen to my podcast? And the answer was, because if you have anything inside of you that can help even one person, then it is your duty to share it. And we all have so much knowledge inside of us that we can help the world, we can help others. So put it out there and share it. And remember, there's a silent majority in a vocal minority. 
But on that vocal minority, man, you are going to have so much impact on some people's lives. And that can happen just one podcast at a time or rinse and repeat that hundreds of different times. And all of a sudden you become a positive force for good in the world. Absolutely. And there's never, and especially now in today's world with technology, and it sometimes seems like the world is so big that that vocal minority doesn't even ha have an opportunity to get out there. But you have, I mean, it's, it's never been easier. It's never been easier to get out and make an impact. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think sometimes we just have to get over that little bit of fear that we might have. Again, stop worrying about ourselves and how we're going to look and just take the jump and, and get it out there. And, and, and again, you'll be surprised what could happen. So I like to leave episodes with an action item or a takeaway, something where we can wrap a bow on all of this. And I'll get this party started. And it's actually something you said at the end of this. You said, um, whatever your dreams are, there's no better time to do it than right now. And I am proof of that. And you are proof of that. It is literally the greatest gift that you can give yourself. So if this is something that resonates with you, my action item, give yourself that gift and start the process. Matt, what about you? What would be your action item or takeaway for the audience? You know, I think I'm a, I, I, so I, you stole the one I would like to use, which is just get out and, and do and go. But uh, I'm going to go back to something we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, I think sometimes we need to get out of our own head and realize that people aren't even paying attention to you. It's about how you make them feel. So I would, I would challenge anybody to go out and make somebody else laugh today at the expense of yourself. Make them laugh by not worrying about how it makes you look or what you had to do, but pick a person and make them laugh today. That is amazing. I'm 100% going to do that. And that put a smile on my face. Matt, really enjoyed jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? Uh, you can find me on the social media platforms at Haven Speaking or uh, at the website, matthavens.com. And is there a specific type of person or company that would be ideal to reach out to you? Because I want to make sure that we use this to help you any way that we can. No, I mean, I, I work with companies of all sizes, the, the small ones, the big ones, every, nearly every industry. Um, you know, my main thing is how we make business more human. So I don't think there's a, a company or person who couldn't use a little bit of that. And I'd be happy to, to help do that. And on my end, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Is there one specific nugget that really stands out to you? You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. And if you are someone who says, you know what? I've thought about being a thought leader or a speaker or having positive impact on the world. And this is something that you're interested in. The way that I've been helping people and companies is by helping them create a show, AKA a podcast audio and video. If this is something that interests you, hit me up at Rob Cressy or rob at baconsports.com.